Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast on everything. I'm your host, Dan Berlin. I have a special guest with me, DC, the Brain Supreme from the hip hop group Tag Team. And I just want to um, tell him in advance, thank you for taking the time to uh, make my podcast blow up because I know right now you are you are super famous. And um, like we discussed earlier, he's doing interview after interview. So thank you for taking the time to do this. Of course. Um, yeah. For those of you who have been living under a rock, um, just let me give you a quick bio of who Tag Team is in D.C. They're a hip-hop group consisting of two high school friends, D.C., the Brain Supreme, who I have with me, and Steve Rowland. Um, based on the bio you gave me, if you're between 8 and 108, you continue to boogie down to their massive hit. <laughs> um, whoop, there it is. That came out in 1993, and ESPN coined it as a song of the 90s, which um, kind of blows my mind because I grew up in the 90s. And how many songs there are to be the, the song of the 90s? That, that's incredible, DC. Um, if you've gone to any sporting event with speakers, you've probably likely heard it, especially NBA games. Um, the song has been in over nine films and ten commercials, one which we will discuss in more detail. Um, their albums have, so, have sold over seven million copies, reaching number one on the Billboard's Hot R&B and number two in the Top 100. They've spent 16 consecutive weeks on number one on the sales chart. And at the time when they released it, their single was in the top ten longer than any other. You remember how many weeks that was? I have no idea. Seems like forever. we were gone you know what i mean but um i think it was like i I think it it was a long time i know it was that much because uh we wrote like four years off of that record (laughs) yeah i got it at at 34 yeah yeah um what i found interesting um and some of the bio you shared is that you toured the jungles of the amazon for a month and i definitely want to get into that yeah. Um, being from my my background with the environment and stuff, but uh, DC, thank you for joining the show. You kind of want to give us a little bit recap of how you guys got into hip hop. Mm, we met in high school, and mm-hmm. both were musically inclined. And um, I wanted to be in Steve's band. I wanted to be in the choir, and that was the first time in high school that I saw a DJ use two turntables and a mixer. And I did all three, and I got I gained serious mastery in all of them. And I went to college at Sac State University, honed my talents, learned how to write lyrics, and just came up in the age of hip hop. And um, Steve had moved down to the Art Institute uh, uh, to go to school, and I came down here after I finished school in Sacramento because I went to Sac State University. And ended up getting a job at the um, two hottest clubs in the city of Atlanta. I actually had a job at CNN, but uh, the DJ the DJ game was just so lucrative for me that I just started DJing. I you know knew I could DJ for a while, and it ended up being a thirty year career. So there you have it. Um, and being a DJ at the club, I was just happy as a young man that I could play my own songs in the club and just really hone my hone my skills at trying to figure out what people like to hear and being in the southeast i knew we had to make bass music so we attempted to make our first bass record and won't there it is is what it was and we um made the record i dropped it that night at work and to this day it's the biggest response on any record i've ever had that i played and i've been djing for 30 years so um you know, started shopping it, but then I put it up a little bit because I thought every record that I made was going to be a hit. So I didn't care too much about what there it is. I know it was big, but when everybody's telling you all your songs are good, then you kind of miss the point. And later on, I started playing it again. Same thing happened. So I knew I had something. And then all the labels started looking at us. And then uh, one in particular signed us, um, Al Bell with uh, Bellmark Records. And... Um, I had almost gave up. He was the last person I talked to. 
and he hadn't even heard the record. And, you know, I, I had called him, and he called me back, and I was like, look, I got a hit record, all right? You need to sign us. He was like, all right, all right, I'll, I'll sign you. I was like, no, 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 it's not that easy. He's like, man, I don't have to hear the record. I hear it in your spirit. So let's agree to agree and get this thing moving. And I gave my two weeks at the club, signed a messed up record deal, and then a month and a half we were platinum, and the rest is history. <laughs> now, when you were writing that, were you like, I think this, I might be on to something? Nah, or- it was just a song. That's all it was, a song about us partying and having a good time on Friday nights. It was that <laughs> simple. It was no it was no Manhattan project. There was no top secret lyrics. There was none of that. It was just about us having fun being young men. That's it. Mm-hmm. And it just ended up being a good song. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what happens with everybody. There is no formula to make a hit record. There really isn't. And it's always the records that you don't even think are gonna be hits are the ones that end up being hits. I know we had a good record, but becoming a hit record that lasts forever, you just can't call it. You just can't. Now, once that started blowing up, what um, were going through you and Steve's mind at the time? Like, oh, my God, like we just became like the hottest thing in hip hop or. Not really, because I was already kind of hot because I DJed at the hottest clubs in Atlanta. That was back in the 90s where everybody was coming to Atlanta and moving to Atlanta. So I was already solidified in in the culture, right? And pretty much everybody that came to Atlanta had to come through my club. So they all knew me. I knew all the artists. I knew all the athletes. I knew all the stars. And it actually, um, we were so busy, I didn't have time to think about it. We We just put our ears back and we grinded. And we have fun. Don't get me wrong. We have fun. But it was no... You know, it, it's about how you carry yourself, right? And I've never wanted to be the rock star type because I've watched people as a DJ just fail, right? They become stars and then treat people bad. And then those same people that they treated bad, you know, revel in their demise and then they never come back. And I just vowed not to be one of those people. So I've always carried myself in a certain way. And I, I'm more about the work than the you know all the accolades so don't get me wrong i'm proud and i have fun and i did my thing but for me it was about getting to the next level overcoming adversity tenaciousness never quitting and um just steadfastness man you know because we went through some things and you know, these are these are life lessons that I cherish to this day because they brought me to this point now. And I'm at a point in my life where it's like I'm 25 again. Mm. Now, um, what club were you uh, DJing at at the time? Are they, are they still around? A club called Magic Cities Adult Entertainment Complex. Mm-hmm. And then I that the same owner owned a club called Club Michaels and Club Hollywood. So I was DJing in strip clubs and the regular clubs, the hottest ones in Atlanta. So everybody knew who I was before the record even came out. Then when the record came out, that was just icing on the cake. And then the whole world knew. And then it was just, we were just gone. We're gone for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. Now, how many albums and uh, tracks did you guys make before you became this worldwide sensation? That's a good question. Hundreds? We made a lot of records. We were always making songs. That was, that was, what, that was the fun thing to do back then. Like every time I made a mixtape full of songs, it'd be at least 10 to 15. I probably did one of those every two, three months. And this is when I'm like 19, 20, 21, 22. And uh, we got tons of songs, man. We got so many songs. I got like five rhyme books full of songs. Because I used to love to write. Mm. Um, have they all been released? Mm-mm. Mm. Just, just, uh, just everything after Wump. Okay. All the other stuff um, that was that's old, you know. You got you have your growing pains too, right? 
So the things that, you know, at the time they seemed good, you realize that they weren't as good as you thought they were, right? And they, they get aged, so none of that old stuff ever got released. And I thought about, you know, rewriting some of that stuff and putting it out, but that was what was happening at that time, so it's kind of dated. Okay. Now, I was looking at uh, some of your tracks on YouTube, and I came across Gordy the Pig movie. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what the heck is this movie? And I was like, oh, it's like Babe. Yeah. Um, they, they had two movies at the same t- same thing. They wanted us for a yeah. soundtrack. And they thought they could use our celebrity to outdo Babe. And they were sorely mistaken. <laughs> uh, every time I hear about that song, I cringe. Because that was just something that... Um, you know, we did, and we got a lot of money for. Right? It's one of those things. We did a couple of those, so it's not. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that, um, just out of the blue, that came out, and they were like, "They want to give you guys this." And we was like, "Okay, <laughs> right?" And didn't really realize what it was, but we did it. Did a big video on it and everything, man. But they were really trying to overcome Babe, and it just could. It, Babe was just such a, a quality movie and such a good story that it wasn't happening. Yeah, that's kind of what I was reading because then I did my research and I was like, I've never seen this this movie. Mm-hmm. I've only seen Babe, but everyone was like, this song, the Pig Power song, was what made the <laughs> was made watching it. Ooh. Yeah, um, right, you all, <laughs> you also did Adam's Family. Was that part yeah. of it too? Mm-hmm. Where you just you know just took the cash. And... Adam's Family was a little different. Adam's yeah. Family, you know, that was a cultural, that was that was a big movie, right? And that was yeah. a big franchise. So you want to do something like that. And uh, we did it and, you know, moved on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Just rack them up, man. And then we're on tour. You know, we're just all over the place. So you really don't have time to think about what you want to do and what you don't want to do. You just keep playing offense and you keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, during this time when you were, you know, at the top, was every hip hop artist calling you guys up saying, "Hey, like, be in my music video, let's collab." Nah, wasn't like that. wasn't like that back then. Back then, everybody had their. That really didn't start to like maybe the late nineties. You know, okay. you might do group songs or something like that, but, you know, or if you were a part of a crew, you might do a song with somebody else, but everybody pretty much stayed to themselves. Wasn't too many mixing and matching like that back then. Yeah. At least not for us. Um, now, going back, is there anybody who you would have loved to collab with back in the early 90s? Not really, because I wasn't even thinking like that. I really wasn't. I mean, I, you know, we were, you know, we had our hubris. We we were not going to work. We were going to make our own music and write our own lyrics. And that was the extent of it. So we we're kind of locked into that, right? So there really was no room to do collaborations and stuff. Okay. Um, are you still big into writing hip-hop? right now hip-hop songs or are you just kind of more doing now, other now I'm, in the, I'm an actor i'm an actor i'm a voice artist i'm a seo specialist i mean i do so much other stuff i don't have time to, you know that part of me is over right but i can make jingles and i might make an occasional christmas song or i might make an occasional um you know beat here and there you know because that's something i still want to do but not as an artist just for for me or you know like i say put pitches together for ad agencies because those are way more lucrative than trying to just make a song um what sort of voiceover work have you done i do it all commercial animation promo Mm -hmm. um video games all of it man and um i gotta get up i gotta get early tomorrow and cut a promo demo (laughs) it's uh it's brutal it's brutal, but it's, it's 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 necessary because you know I'm on the precipice of something great. Because voiceover was hard for me, 
You know, it took like 10 years to get mastery at that, right? And back when I started, I thought I just whoop, there it is my way through it, but I was wrong. But I never quit. And now, you know, I'm so far ahead of a lot of people that that's what it takes. You can never quit. So it might take a little longer, it might be shorter. You never know, but you just can never quit. So how do you how do you practice to get into voiceover work? What do you kind of have to do to, you to break train. through? You got to train with coaches. And then the coaches kind of, you know, with people who've done it before. And then you got to you got to kill your old habits and you got to learn how to do commercial voiceover, narration, animation. Each one is a, is a different genre. Right. It's like if I want to play, you know, hip hop music, then I want to play country music, then I want to play rock and roll, then I want to play, you know, house. I'd have to really get immersed in those types of music in that culture. Right. So that's how voiceover is. And, you know, I've become real good at certain ones that I like. Right. So that's why um, I love commercial. I love animation. I love promo. And I'm really starting to uh, venture out into, um, you know, the video games and, and, and animation. That's where I really want, because I want to be in Mandalorian. I want to be in uh, anything Star Wars universe. Because, uh, you know, Disney's doing so much stuff on animation. And I know they need voices, but I know they need actors, too. So anything live, anima- you know, live uh, action or animation, I'm in. That'd be awesome to, to break through something like that. Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. I haven't watched the Mandalorian. Is it, um, yeah, it's on just their Disney channel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Probably one of the greatest star Wars, star Wars shows ever. Yeah. I've heard great reviews on it. That the reviews have the reviews can't even do it justice to what it does to your heart. If you grew up watching Star Wars, The Mandalorian blows you away. The Mandalorian brings it all back to the to the essence of it, to the beginning, right? And it does it in a way that is just through incredible storytelling and it just there's no it's, it's not like, you know, a lot of special effects, it's just real storytelling, real action and um it just you know, last season made a lot of people happy. It made millions upon millions of people in the Star Wars universe very, very happy. So with so many people that, you know, are into the Mandalorian, do you send them like a, a cassette, like a demo of your voices and Mm-mm. different stuff? How do you? I have, I have agents. So mm-hmm. agents, you know, they know what I want to do. So when there's a call for it, I'll get all the auditions for it and then we go from there. Then I'll audition for it and then either I'll get picked or I'll get picked for something else or what have you. But the days of sending in demos and stuff are over. I don't do that. <laughs> I've done that in years. Because the key to it is just putting in the work, staying in class, and then getting getting your agent. Once you get an agent, then the world opens up for you because now you're auditioning every day for everything, Right. And then you start booking, and once you start booking, people start noticing. And once people start noticing, then they trust you. And then when they trust you, you don't even have to audition or anything. They just be like, hey, I got this part for you. Same with acting, right? So you go through those trenches. You go through that heartache. You go through that pain. You go through that doubt. You go through that uh, fear. And you just don't quit. You know, you could be scared and, and still keep it moving at the same time. You could do both. And... That's what it takes. Um, so let's let's go back um, just a little bit to um, back in the nineties. There was another song called "Whoop." There it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys kind of had a like a wannabe beef on TV to see who uh, had the. The correct phrase. It actually, it actually was a uh, charity event on the Arsenio Hall show. So they played it up so we could raise money for the uh, flood victims in the Midwest. But to be honest, to be honest with you, there were like ten Wu There It Is songs because Wu There It Is a party saying like throw your hands in the air, mm-hmm. waving like you just don't care. 
And um, I never really, I never really was a part of all that. You know what I mean? We played up, we did like a couple interviews. We did a couple of uh, magazines together, right? But we were gone, man. We were, we were, we were all over the world instantly, right? So I really didn't have time to be thinking about anything else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it, not to be, you know, not to be like acting like that, but it was just the truth, right? I didn't, I never saw it as a beef. I never saw it that way, you know? And I just, you know, it was all about tag team for me. And, you know, when they want something that got to deal with wound, there it is, they call tag team. That's really the, that's really the proof, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially now. Cause when I had to look I, up, I was I like, I don't know another team. song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and every year we're in a commercial or we're in a campaign, they call us. I've never heard them calling anybody else. Yeah. So I don't even really, um, you know, more power to everybody. Right. I just, I can't go there because I've never gone there, right? Because we were always gone. So, you know, I'm cool with everybody. We we talk, we meet, we, we see each other from time to time, but, you know, there was never any beef on my part. It was just all hard work because <laughs> I was gone. I was traveling the world in the jungles of Brazil, you know? So that's where I was. <laughs> Yeah. Um, before we get to Brazil, um, people that listen to this podcast know I like conspiracies and like they're just interesting. There's always a cons- there's a conspiracy in your music video that Barack Obama appears in it. Mm-hmm. Um, how often have you heard? Is that Barack Obama? No, that was uh, that's a guy named L.A. Snow. He's in Deuce, yeah. uh, the record that we're on the same label. And he was in our video, and uh, they made uh, Daisy Dukes the year before, right? But it's, poor, it's funny that you said that because each of these little things spawned something. Because when that week, we did tons of press because the whole world thought that Barack Obama was in our video. So we're doing CNN, ABC. <laughs> I mean, it was just bananas. And I was kind of disappointed at the end of the week because I really had nothing to show for it, right? And I vowed that that will never happen again because, you know, our web presence wasn't the greatest. The social media wasn't the greatest. And I'm like, how can I really make money if I can't be found? So I corrected all that. And that's what started my SEO career, search engine optimization, the ability to get on the front page of any page that you want on Google. So back then they type in, you type in a search tag team. It was all wrestling. You type in tag team today. It's all tag team. And how long did that, how long did that take to master to, Ten years, and it's still mm-hmm. it's still a moving target because Google can switch the algorithm at any time. So once you learn something, then boom, they switch it again. You got to learn that. But I've been effective. I've been very effective, and I haven't quit. Most people give up because it is hard. It is hard. You got you know. I just recently learned how to code, and that's a whole nother level, right? And now I can do things that I couldn't do before. So you combine all the things and all the talents that I have from, you know, me being a DJ to being the sound guy, to being the light tech, to being, you know, putting a marketing plan together for the clubs, to being the marketing director for the clubs, to doing all their radio spots, doing all their flyers, all their graphics, all their television spots. I made myself invaluable back in the day, right? And when you do that, you get interested in other things, which spawns into other things, which I spawned into voiceover because I wanted to be better at doing radio cuts. I wanted to always take full advantage of the education that I could get so I can take these talents and be masterful at them and do other things with them as well because they all lead to other things. And SEO is one of them because, you know, that's they couldn't find me with the... Uh, with the uh, Barack Obama thing, but they, but Geico found me because I laid good breadcrumbs. And that's how, that's, that's, that's the, the moral of that story is that, you know, I get a call from my agent. They're like, you booked a Geico commercial. I'm like, no, I didn't. I didn't even audition for a Geico commercial. And I'm like, they're like, yes, you did. They want a tag team. I was like, oh, that's right. They, I went and checked the tag team line. There was a message from Geico. 
Geico went and I didn't answer, so they went and looked on the internet and found my IMDb portal and found my profile and called my agent and I let my agent make that deal and it's the most lucrative deal I've ever made in my life. And we got started. And you know, as an actor, I bought a lot to that 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 commercial. You know, I came up with the spinning scoop. I came up with the sprinkles. I came up with the dances. I came up with a lot of stuff of that that make it special because I am an actor and I came in prepared. And the director was wide open. And, like, I, I, you know, I asked him, I said, I got ideas. Can I do them? He's like, yeah, you can do anything you want to do. And I was trying to get a spinning scoop ready, but I couldn't do it. And he was like, it'll be done tomorrow. I was like, yeah, here we go. And now we're talking. And we had a ball that day. And everything went beautiful, and then um, then it was over, and we just waited. And I knew we weren't going to be able to do uh, shows because, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And so I said, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, get a publicist. It's just you do the press thing. But then the publicist wouldn't want to work with me because we're in a pandemic, right? So they didn't know how to even deal with something like that. And I said, okay, no problem. And then, you know, when that happens in my life, I have these things called learn how to learn tactics, right? And when that happens, I join an organization. These organizations are filled with people who've been doing the thing that they love for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And I joined the National, no, I joined the Public Relations Society of America, right? And PRSA. Two days in, I'm on a Zoom call with the CEO of this, this firm. And I'm like, our press release is relevant. And they're like, well, what's it for? And I'm like, well, I'm featured in a Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. And the chat's just going like, wait a minute. Is that him? Is that really him? Oh my God, it is him. I love that record. I love that song. I love that. It makes me so happy. Whole chat blew up. And, you know, they're like, okay, DC, nice, nice to have you in the, in the organization. It went to the CEO. So back to DC's questions, are, are, are the press releases relevant? And the CEO was like, yes, because the whole last year has been COVID. The whole last year has been political. Everybody's tired. Everybody's beat down. Everybody's wore out. And here you guys come throwing sprinkles and dancing and having fun and DC, your smile. And of course that press release is going to work. And you're going to go here to get in front of all the journalists. You're going to go here to get in front of all the TV talk shows. You're going to go here to get in front of all the podcasts. And you're going to make sure your pictures are like this, this, that, that. And she gave me the entire breadth of her expertise in PR in 10 minutes. And I have not looked back. And it has opened doors for me that I never thought possible. And it is the reason that you and I are talking right now. It is. Um, I'm a big college basketball fan. And when that came on in college basketball during that time, it was like every single time I went to commercial, I saw that. Yep. But I didn't get bored of it because I, I liked it so much just because yeah. you guys were so relatable yeah. and having fun. And hey man, that's, that's the beauty of that commercial because that's, that's who Tag Team is, right? You know, we come from the beginning of hip-hop. Beginning of hip-hop, there's only one question. Can you rock a party? Can you move the crowd? That was it. If you were a DJ, a rapper, whatever, can you rock the party? Can you move the crowd? And I've lived by that model my whole life. And, you know, that commercial, I have no words for it because, you know, it's like we've touched the world twice. The ability to touch people and make them happy for years, you know, pretty much most of my whole adult life, I have no words for that, right? So... I choose to channel that in ways that serve me and serve everybody else. So it's my responsibility to talk to the people on this planet about the things I wish someone had talked to me about when I was a young man. So that's why I try to spread this knowledge as much as I can, because I know people, you know, they like to hear sometimes when people tell them stuff from a book, but to hear somebody who's actually been through it and been in those trenches and been successful and can tell the story that's the good stuff, right? That's the stuff that inspires people. And that's what's been happening. So, you know, I don't have any regrets because I've corrected all my weaknesses. I've corrected a lot of my, a lot of the things that I thought were missed opportunities. And I've come to the realization that sometimes in life, you're just not ready, but you just don't give up. 
So if you start something, it might take a little while, but just don't give up. And then eventually you gain mastery at it. And, you know, it takes years, but that's what's happening now. And it's all kind of happening at the same time. So that's what's scary about it. Right. But I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. And like what you're speaking on, are just great messages for people to hear. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm a sports coach and just like trying to instill that, you know, you're going to fail over and over and over again, but uh, you're learning the skills to, to master it. To I get tell better. people that all the time in acting. I'm like, everybody gets emotional because they don't get an audition or they don't get the job. And I'm like, look, I already know I'm going to have to go through a thousand auditions to get the job. Right. So let, you give me 50 a day so we can get, I can get to it quicker. Cause I have, I, I can control my, you know, I think it is, you know, there's a lot of things that factors that make people like that. One is quick instant gratification, which is just a myth. It doesn't work. Two people can't control their emotions and their pride and their ego runs their life. So therefore they can't be wrong or they can't figure out that they need to just fall back or they need to just have an open mind because their ego or their pride is in the way. And I've learned to control those things and sequester them to where my mind is always open. And I think differently and I figure things out. I think about solutions. People come to me with problems. They come to me with excuses. My mind is constantly thinking about their solutions. And I'm thinking about their solutions in a way that it just works because it might not be my problem, but, I now have that solution in my toolbox. So when that problem arises, I'm ready. Right. So I'm thankful of the people who call me all the time and, and do that and call me. And I tell people things and they come up with excuses why they can't and give me every reason why they shouldn't instead of one reason why they should, because you've just given me a gift, right? Because that's how I think now all of this is easier said than done. Right. But just keep playing offense, man offense that's the key you don't give up and just watch how things unfold in your life it happens doesn't seem like it but it does yeah i can i can listen to you speak all day about stuff like that like you're a motivator you know like um people think we're going to talk about tour bus stories (laughs) and getting the whole motivational speech but but this is it all the genesis of all of it is when there it is Right. Because, you know, we've had trials and tribulations. We've had beautiful things that happen. We've been successful. You know, we've been we've done it all. And I want it all. So what this I'm at the precipice of something I can't even imagine is going to happen to me because so many seeds have been laid and now have grown. I'm standing in a forest opportunity and I see it in front of me. And it's happened to me every day. Yesterday I did WWD uh, TV show. Now we are in partnership with World Wrestling Entertainment, man. Come on, man. <laughs> right? Uh, I'm cutting a demo tomorrow. Got a show Saturday. And then we're about to just start doing the playoff runs and the halftime shows and all the playoff games because the commercial was so hot, they got to have tag team. Yeah. Now it's all starting to come back to me because I was patient. I didn't quit. I kept pushing and I prepared. And then now the new caveat is PR. So now I can drop press release for anything I do. And the press release is basically a Trojan horse for me. Right. I mean, I just this year, I was, we were the uh, grand mat grand marshals of the uh, NASCAR Talladega 500 NASCAR. That's a whole nother lane, <laughs> right? That's a whole yeah. nother society of people. You know, and I did a press release for that. Then after that, two days after that, I ended up signing one of the biggest voiceover agencies in the world. You just stay active, play offense. Things start coming out of the woodwork on you because you're throwing things in the universe. There is no quick pro quo, right? It's not that I do something and then this is supposed to happen. You just do it and keep it moving. You can't expect anything. Don't expect anything. Don't want anything. You just do. You put in the work, give what you want first, and just keep pushing ahead. 
because you don't have time to think about if it's working or not because you're moving on to the next thing and you're pushing and you're pushing and you're training and you're learning and you're learning how to learn and you're coming up with tactics that teach you how to learn things faster because technology is here and you've taken advantage of the technology. So now you're in your own custom thing that nobody can do, but you, so you flourish. Right. And man, it's, uh, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. I, I relish to get up at four o'clock in the morning and work till 10 o'clock at night, you know, because I've worked hard so hard all my life. I don't fear work. Right. I know it's going to be hard. I run to it because it's hard because I know everybody else is not going to do it. Right. You know, (laughs) I mean, the pandemic was the greatest thing ever happened to me because it forced all of us to stop. Right. We're all in the same boat. Slate was white clean. And I chose to reinvent myself and I reinvented myself on voiceover. And once I reinvented my voiceover, it was the first time in my life that I had mastery over my voice. And then the world opened up for me. And I booked voiceover. I booked my first movie, shot my first movie during the pandemic, shot my second movie during the pandemic. Then did a fall campaign voiceover for this grocery store company. Then booked a Tyler Perry House of Pain episode. Then here comes Geico. 2020 is the best year of my life. And and the way you hear it from many others that didn't take advantage, it was the worst year, you know. Amen. So it's it's like the mindset. It's the mindset, right? Mm-hmm. It's the it, it, everybody had their shot. Because when everybody stopped, you could have made that decision. You could have worked extra. You could have worked triple hard at your job, and you still got fired. You still would have been okay. But that's why you always make yourself invaluable because even if you do get fired or do get laid off because you did 16 things extra that you weren't supposed to do that you weren't getting paid for, your transition is seamless to the next job and the next job and the next job because you keep picking up these skills that you become masterful at. Now you can start your own company and do anything that you want. But people don't do a lot of people. I'm not making all that extra work. All right. Stay there in that cubicle. Be pissed off at the world, then you turn <laughs> over bitter, and then now you're stuck in that hole, right? And forget that. I'm not about to be stuck. Now, you know, like I said, it's all easier said than done. That's why I love doing podcasts because me talking all this, you know, me having these sermons, <laughs> these halfway sermons, I have to hold myself accountable, right? I have to show people this is how we do it. You're going to see me keep getting bigger and better and bigger and better. Because I don't quit. And and people are like, well, you know, you're tag team. Yeah, but don't nobody know that. I don't carry myself like that. If you saw me on the street, you wouldn't know I was with tag team. Same wound, there it is. <laughs> just another guy. I promise you. Because nobody knows now. Even, you know, even nobody has recognized me in that commercial. And that commercial was on all the time. It's because I carry myself, how I carry myself, right? If you act like a star, then people are going to see you. If you don't, they're not. It's simple. Some people might recognize you and be like, wait a minute, I know him somewhere. I can't figure it. And then they get home and be like, damn, I remember now. That's dude on such and such. You working out of my gym. I saw people do that at the gym a lot. They were trying, they were looking at me like, I know him from somewhere. And then some people knew. But they were like respectful enough, like, I'm not about to run off on him like that. And then one guy at the gym ran up on me. He just couldn't hold it. And he tried, he's like, this dude never says anything to anybody. And he saw me and he opened up and was telling everybody. And everybody was like, yeah, 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 we know, we know. I was like, ah, oh, interesting. So they do know, right? And I appreciate that because they just didn't run up on me. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, we know, good job, right? Well, we're not going to run up on you because that's just lame, <laughs> you know? So and we're here to work out and there's been other stars that came in there and I don't mess with them. You know, if I, if they, they come by me, be like, Hey man, love that game, dude. Keep doing your thing. Right. You know, you say how you say you like them and then you give them words of encouragement and they don't even need it. But the fact that you came at them like that, they appreciate it, man. They do. Cause I know I appreciate it when people do that. So, Nice. Um, now, um, a lot of what you just said, I have like a million questions to add, but we'll try to keep some of them short. Um, are you 
an Atlanta basketball fan? Are you a Hawks fan? Not really. Not I got really? too much work to do, man. I'm trying to get mm-hmm. this. I'm trying to get this this money. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I watch here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, I get the cliff notes, but you know, I'm a little, there's only one team I do like that. That's Denver Broncos because I'm from Denver. So, and I, you know, I appreciate the Atlanta Hawks. You know what I mean? And I do follow them, but you know, right now it's time to work. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't have time to look at basketball games. <laughs> just, just go and do the halftime shows and. Yeah, yeah, do the halftime show. I think we do Brooklyn next week. Okay. Yeah, we do Brooklyn next week. And then, you know, that's the second round. And the third round, the more we open up, we're going to be the favorites to do pretty much every arena. So, and those are lucrative. Those are very lucrative. So now it's to the point where it's just, now it's to the point where it's just every day, it's just another opportunity. That's why my head hurts right now. (laughs) Got so much going on. Um, yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way, though. <laughs> yeah. Now, have you ever done any motivational speeches to sports teams and stuff like that? Getting there. I, I've had it several in, during the pandemic, but I wasn't ready to run out there and start talking to people. Actually, right now, right, I'm really actually about to do a TED talk. And I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to, you know, I've, I'm learning the hierarchy. But I will. You will see me on a TED talk. I was actually thinking while you were talking that man, he'd be perfect for a TED talk. <laughs> man, do you know what I could do with a TED talk? I know what I could do with a TED talk. I ain't talking TEDx. I'm talking TED talk. Yeah. And TED talk is your opportunity because you know you you been on that's that's the stage that you know Jobs and Gates and you know Bezos been on. You know what I'm saying? You know that type of that caliber of people. And to be able to just rock that as a hip hop artist and an actor and a voice artist. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, like we're campaigning now for all the awards for commercials. So, you know, there's a possibility we could win Cleo. That would be a feather in the cap. Right? Mm. Just all these opportunities you gotta be prepared for. You know, I audition constantly. And it's just movie after movie after movie. And I just know it's just a matter of time before a big one come where I'm acting with The Rock or, <laughs> you know, I'm doing something with Denzel or I'm doing, you know, it's just a matter of time because I'm not going to lose at this. I promise you. Mm. But do what it takes. Mm. Now, for the Geico commercial, while you were doing it, were you like, man, I think we're on to something here. I think this is going to be a huge hit. Or were you just kind of going along for the ride? Being like, it's- no, I knew, I knew what I had, right? So I had to give my maximum effort and everything that I had learned to that point in my life. I gave everything I had to that commercial, right? Because I knew what it was. I knew this was an opportunity that could set me straight for the rest of my life to where I can do, I can go in any door going to any office, get any opportunity I want, because all I got to do is say, I'm moved, there it is, and I'm scooped, there it is. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I'm and scoop. What? You got to make a shirt like that. You want to give me an opportunity? I'm moved to scoop. Okay, but your competitor will, and you will regret it, because I'm going to make you regret it. I'm going to work my ass off. Hmm. Have um, a lot of ice cream or dairy companies called you up trying to Oh yeah, Get that phrase. Oh, it's going down. It's going down. It's going down <laughs> this summer. You'll see. I can't talk about it, but it's going down this summer. I have to check it out and back up. A lot is going to happen. A lot is going to happen in August. A lot is. It's like all these things that I've been doing are going to all fall at the same time. And I know that it's going to capture a lot of eyes because I'm going to do a press release for every single one of them, right? Every time I do a press release, 300 entities pull it. And if 300 entities pull it, that means that's 300 do follow links back to my website, which is SEO juice at the unimaginable. People can't pay for that type of SEO juice. So every time I do it, the site gets stronger and stronger, which means that is gives me the ability because I have a nuclear power engine website now to 
just power any website that I want to do. So if I do DC Glenn, I do it for voiceover and for acting and for all this and all that. I know I can get on the first pages of any web, you know, any Google page I want because I know SEO and I put in the work. And now I can be seen when I want to be seen. It's a difference, right? And I know how to do it and I'm learning, I'm learning new things every day because it changes every day. And I'm with a crew of people. I'm with a team of people that they love to teach me. And I have resources. And that's because, you know, I treat people how I want to be treated and I give what I want first. And then sometimes it's just, all you got to do is just ask for help. Hey, man, I don't understand this. Can you please help me? Yeah, man, I'm going to help you because I like you. Usually charge $1,000 an hour for this, but I got you. Just because you ask nicely. Be surprised what people do for you when you say please. I mean, I work with kids, and I, I wish they could hear you tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of pleases I hear or thank yous, may, yeah. maybe one, maybe one in a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, mm. it's, a, it's a different day. It's a different day, and that's what makes it even better that – I could talk to kids because if a kid takes that little simple message to something that we got beaten us every day when we were kids, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, thank you, please, please, man, world be a better place. But it seems like now we're growing, you know, we we raising a bunch of little assholes, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's going to be, they grow up to be big ones, and then it's going to be like, oh, my gosh, right? You know, the mm-hmm. pandemic exposed a lot. Pandemic exposed a lot. I didn't know there was this many ignorant people in the world. I swear I didn't. I knew it was a lot, but I didn't know it was this many. It's unreal. And <laughs> not ju- I'm not judging either. I'm just yeah. stating facts. I'm stating facts, man. And the diversity of it, right? The diversity of different people who think, who think different things and how everything is just, you know, not that what I do is perfect or good or whatever. But you know, I know I had two incredible parents that raised me well and gave me an education. And I had a family full of elders who taught me the way and how to be a man, right? So I understand what it is. And nobody can tell me different, right? So that's why people appreciate when they talk to me because I'm respectful. What I go back to, how you carry yourself, right? You know, if I was just a jerk and just thought I was a star, on a record that I made 20 something years ago. That's only in my head. Cause everybody's like, he's so lame. He's still trying to be star off of his old record. Right. But I don't do that. Now it's a pleasant surprise. I'll be on set. Nobody will know. They picked me for the strength of my acting. And maybe three quarters of the way through the day, we'll have a conversation. So what else do you do? Well, I do, um, I'm an entertainer. What, 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 do you, what do you mean? Well, I made a song back in the 90s called Wound There It Is, like DC. Come on now, it's not good to start a relationship off lying. Right? <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, I'm not lying. I said, I'm, I'm sure you're going to go look at YouTube, and when you go see YouTube, you're going to see this face with a lot of long, black, pretty hair. <laughs> and they go in the trailer, and they look at that video, and then next thing you know, the whole set is treating me like a princess for the rest of the day. It's incredible. It's incredible because they had no idea because of how I carried myself. So now the impact is triple because they had no idea and I didn't have to say it. Right. It came up in conversation. It's how you carry yourself. So, Hey man, you know, and, 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 the fact that I'm here, man, I want to thank you for just letting me come on here and run my mouth because I learn more by talking to people. And, you know, I'm getting tired. I got to go to sleep. So, you got any more questions? We can wind this up, man, because I'm tired, my friend. I'm tired. Yeah, it's no problem. I just have a few more. And um, one is just just tell me how, how it was touring the Amazon for a month. It was beautiful and it was... Uh, <laughs> You know, I've never seen poverty like that. That's the poorest I've ever seen. Uh, people can't even... People think people poor here. That's poor. That's poor. 
when you got, you know, tin sheeting for your, your walls of your house and then the roof and then one light, that's poor. I'm driving from the airport. All I see is these little shanties. I'm just like, whoa, where are we at? Then you get to Copacabana Beach and then it gets glamorous, but then you got all the people from up in the mountains come down and then they they hustle. So all the little kids are selling chiclets. All the girls of teenage age are, you know, doing what they do. And then you got the adults who's running it all. So it's you know, it's it's it was beautiful, but it was sad at the same time. And then just to do shows up and you know, you know, just to do a show in the Amazon jungle is humbling because you gotta go up mountains that don't have a road. And it's just a road on the side of a mountain. If a rock come down and hits your van, you're dead. <laughs> or if the driver's drunk and he just it's in a rainstorm and he just happened to slip, you're dead. Right? That's the type of stuff we were going through. There's stuff I had never seen in my life. But it also I stumbled upon the most beautiful women I had ever seen in the <laughs> existence of mankind. <laughs> That's what made it all worth it. <laughs> um, on that, I think that's, that might be the best way to end it. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, we still have one more thing to do after right. this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it is. So I'll end this, this episode. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Uh, to this podcast, the podcast and everything uh, with DC Glenn. Um, you can check us out on the podcast on everything.com for more content or just any platform. We are on every major platform that you can find us any app. And uh, don't be afraid to email the show info at the podcast and everything.com. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with DC um dc thanks once again i appreciate it. all the time and i'm looking forward to the next part that we're about to do cool um,